If you'd like to read with us tonight, we'd love for you to do so. And so, Galatians chapter 4. As we're starting with the epistles, we'll be reading all through the New Testament there, starting at that location. And so, we'll just keep on reading. Galatians chapter 4, 31 verses. Thirty-one verses. How many we have? Six people. Let's do about five. Sister Jessica, five verses, ma'am. Bethlehem, as long as he is a child, difference nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adaptions of sons. My good verse. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when ye knew not God, did ye, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods, but now after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the work and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. Ye observe days and months and times and years. Thank you. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. You know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected. But receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness ye spake of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. Thank you. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously affect you, but not well. Ye that would exclude you, that ye might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Thank you, sister. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid 
and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things <clears throat> are in allegory? For these things are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to the bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate had many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith, the, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll turn to two scriptures. We're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 3. We, have, we would like to finish the message that we began on Sunday night concerning repairing our Dungate, and so in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, verse 14, we'll just read that very first portion of that, and it says, But the Dungate repaired. The Dungate repaired. Now turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and look there in verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 1. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let's pray. We come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you tonight, Lord, for the reading of your word already. We thank you for the people, God, that you've gathered together tonight to, to come worship thee. I pray now, Lord, you'd bless the reading, bless the preaching. God, I pray that you'd anoint us with your spirit. God, I pray that you touch the hearer as well, as well as the speaker. God, we need the help of the Lord tonight. We need to understand the Word of God. God, I pray, Father, tonight as we would repair our dungate, God, that it would make us more beautiful. It will make us more useful. God, it will bring tonight, dear God, a profit in our lives. We know, dear God, because of sin tonight, Lord, that, Lord, we can't be used of God. We can't even have our prayers heard. God, we can't, dear God, even be blessed by you. And we pray tonight, God, that we'll get these things cleared up, cleared out, so that, God, we can bring glory unto thee. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. That you may be seated. So let me just say a few things concerning this Dungate. And uh, it was, as I mentioned on Sunday, so we'll say a few things about what we already said just to bring us up to where we need to be. But uh, I want to say tonight that this dung gate was the most important gate because it kept the city clean. It, it kept the city beautif beautified. It kept the city useful. And uh, it brought everything and anything that didn't belong there out 
and through that dung gate into the valley of Hinnon where there's always a fire burning. And it was just a constant flow of people bringing out their garbage, bringing out their waste, bringing out their trash, bringing out animals, uh, bringing out even criminals that have died. And uh, we find that it was a useful gate. And I, I want to recognize that tonight as being the useful gate so that we can glorify God. Amen. And so we talked about the exaltation of, the, of God and that exaltation was he brought an exaltation unto Jerusalem. And that's why there would need to be a dung gate at Jerusalem is to keep Jerusalem clean. Amen. And so we find the Bible teaches us of a holy city. It says that in Nehemiah chapter 11. Uh, we read that uh, last time and we'll read it again here tonight. Or I'll read it to you. Nehemiah chapter 11 and verse 1. Uh, it says, And the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem, the rest of the people that cast lots, and to bring of the ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city. And so we find the Bible itself describes that the very city of Jerusalem was a holy city. Now we found that it was a holy city because in Psalms 52 and verse 1 it says, O Jerusalem, the holy city. We also found in Matthew chapter 4 verse 5 as the Bible's talking about the devil. It says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and uh, served him on, and set him on a pinnacle of the wall. And so we find that the Bible itself describes the city of Jerusalem as a holy city. And that's why you would need a dung gate in order to keep the trash and keep the defilement out of the city that's a holy city. And that is city is where God dwelt. We found that here in Exodus chapter 15, verse 17. It says, I will dwell in the city of Jerusalem. And we found tonight that that's exactly what God's city is all about, is the dwelling of God. We found in that holy city, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 6, he said, I'll put my name there. In other words, tonight, when you look at the city of Jerusalem, you'll see that it's named uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God, amen? And so that God that's in that Jerusalem city has made it a holy city. We found that it says in Psalms 132, verse 13, he says, I have chosen this city. And so it's not by accident that Jerusalem tonight is a holy city. And the reason why it's a holy city tonight is because God said, I'll dwell there, I'll put my name there, and I have chosen it for me. And tonight, it's the holy city is not holy because of the people, but it's holy because of God. Amen. And so we preached on that. Then we preached on not only is, the, is Jerusalem a holy city, but it's God's city. We found that in, in Psalms 48, verses 1 through 2. We're not read it again. We read it last time. But basically what it's saying is, is that city belongs to God. And so God said, that's my city. Jerusalem is mine. It don't belong to nobody. It don't belong to Palestinians. It don't belong to Gazians. It doesn't belong to Israel. It doesn't belong to Lebanon. It doesn't belong to Hamas. It doesn't belong to Hezbollah. It doesn't belong to the Houthis. It doesn't belong to anyone in all the world. Jerusalem is my city. It belongs to me. 
and that's where I dwell, that's where I put my name, and that's what I've chosen. And we found that to be true last Sunday night as well. Thirdly, we found that it's a single city. In other words, what that means tonight is that there's no other city been chosen in all the world except Jerusalem. Jerusalem is that city. Now we're talking about the Dung Gate. And so why would God go through all of the efforts and all through the energies of putting up ten gates around the city of Jerusalem and one of them is going to be the Dung Gate and the most important gate is because that city is of glory. That city is of, is of a place where there's beauty. That city tonight is a place of usefulness and I find tonight that the Dung Gate would bring all of the things that would cause that not to have usefulness, not to be glorified, not to be beautified, it would be taken out through that dung gate. With number two, I noticed not only the, uh, the very thought of an exaltation of God, but we noticed the expectation of God. God would expect tonight that that city be clean. He expected that city to have beauty and to be useful tonight. That's what he expects tonight. So he instructed from the very beginning to build a dung gate. But when the dung gate was down and when it was burned up, he also then secondly, he spoke to Nehemiah. And as he spoke to Nehemiah, he said to Nehemiah, he said, I want you to repair that gate. You see, God's always wanting his people and where his name is put and where he dwells to have a dung gate. And so in our lives tonight, we've got to know and understand that this dung gate is from God. It's something that God has done for us and in our lives so that you and I could be clean. You and I could be beautiful and you and I could be useful. We find the city because the city at this point in Nehemiah's day is lying in waste. In Nehemiah's day, it's lying in ruin. In Nehemiah's day, it's laying in shame. He said that we'll not be a reproach anymore. And so in the heart of Nehemiah, as he looked to the city of Jerusalem and the walls that were broken down and the gates that were burned up, and him, as the Word of God says, that it all lies in waste and it's all ruined, couldn't even have a beast go through it because of all the rubbish and rubble. And he said that we are a reproach to the whole world due to the place of Jerusalem. And so God said, repair the gate. I need my gate to be repaired. And so if I'm that the reason why God would say such a thing is because he wanted to remove the filth. He wanted to remove the trash and rubbish and sewage and all that was defiled. You know, tonight it was needful. Needful that there be a dung gate rebuilt in the days of Nehemiah in Jerusalem because it's necessary. Because it's of a necessity. It's a need tonight. And God made it happen. That's where we stopped preaching last Sunday night. I want you to look now thirdly, the exhortation of God. And that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And so what does God exhort uh, them to do, us to do tonight concerning the dung, the, the concerning the waste, concerning uh, the defilement in our lives tonight? And he compares us tonight uh, as one of Jerusalem. So far, how do we find ourselves tonight to cleanse ourselves? How do we do that? 
Uh, there, chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, uh, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That word cleanse there means pure, purify, means purge ourselves. And so the Bible says to us uh, that we need to purge ourselves. We need to purify ourselves. We need to come to a place and clear ourselves tonight. And so there has to be a time in our Christian walk, because he says in first se chapter 7, verse 1, dearly beloved. He's not talking to the lost. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to, the, to all of the Gentiles or all the Jews. He's talking just to the beloved, just to those that are saved, to those that are just walking with God, washed in the blood of the Lamb. He's not talking to anybody else tonight. He's talking about his. He says to his, let us cleanse ourselves. And so it's got to come to a place, how do we do that? I mean, if we tonight are compared to the city of God, we're compared to the people of God, we're compared to Jerusalem, aren't we? That's where God dwells and where God has put his, put his name and where God has chosen us, amen? And then we're going to have to find ourselves tonight with a dung gate. We need a dung gate in our life. We need to repair that dung gate. We need to get the dung gate in operation, amen? We need to get the dung gate where we can use it and use it on a daily basis. Now, I want you to notice tonight that if we're ever going to get cleansed, it's because God has cleansed us. Look, let's look together tonight in Psalms chapter 51, David's uh, getting clean with God. What a great psalm that is tonight. I'm sure you've read it. Uh, millions of times, but I want you to notice tonight in this cleansing tonight, God's cleansing. And if you and I are going to use the dung gate and repair our dung gate, we got to understand and know as it was in Jerusalem in the days of Nehemiah, there had to be a cleansing taking place. There's going to have to be a cleansing in our lives tonight too. Amen. I say to you tonight, number one, in Psalms 51, verse 1, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest behold I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me behold thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow how did David get cleansed well he got cleansed because of God but he got cleansed because of what God has done, but it was what David was asking God to do. Look at the very beginning of it and there in verse 1. He said, blot out my transgressions. Blot them out. 
And friend, that's what we need tonight. We need a blotting out of our transgressions. We need God to look at our transgressions tonight in the dirtiness and the filthiness of our heart and different the filthiness of our spirit and the filthiness of our flesh tonight. And we need God to blot that out, amen? Number two, we need God to, to do something else. That is, wash me thoroughly, he says in verse two. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. God, don't just wash me a little tonight. I want you to wash me thoroughly, amen. I want the complete. I want the complete washing of the of the spirit. I want the complete washing of the flesh tonight. I don't want you to forget about my secret sins. I don't want you to forget about the things and the recesses of my heart. I don't want you to miss what I've been thinking. I don't want you to miss of my intents of my heart. I don't want you to miss the motives of what I do. I don't want you to even miss the very thoughts in which I have the imagination that I've got would you thoroughly wash me tonight I mean I want you to get me a good cleansing oh tonight we find he said not only wash me thoroughly tonight but in verse 2 he says cleanse me from my sin so wash me blot out cleanse me tonight he says there in verse 7 he says purge me with hyssop he says Wash me tonight uh, and I shall be whiter than snow. And so he uses these terms, blot out, wash me, cleanse me, purge me, wash me. I mean, he's just saying, I, God, I need some cleansing, amen. I need to get a dung gate going. I need to get me in a place, Fred, where I can find this cleansing. I can get right with God. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21 says this, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work tonight. Let me, let me say that again tonight. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21, talking about the dung gate tonight and getting cleansed with God. What does that matter tonight? Does that have any kind of value to you and I tonight? Will you tell me, the Bible says, if any man therefore purge himself, cleanse himself, Wash himself, blot out. Any man would do such a thing tonight. The Bible says that he will be a vessel unto honor. That word honor means valuable, priceless, and precious. Amen. Do you not want to be that before God tonight? Don't you want to be honorable before God and precious tonight? Don't you want to be a place where you're priceless with God? The Bible says you need to purge yourself to do that. We find number two, he said you'll be sanctified. That word sanctified means holy, purified, and consecrated. Oh, tonight, don't you want to be purified and consecrated uh, before God tonight? Don't you tonight want to look to God and God look upon you? He looked down upon your heart tonight and upon your mind tonight, and he would just see nothing but, friend, the washing of his word, nothing tonight but the blood of the lamb tonight, nothing at all tonight that will bring the fire upon you tonight. Nothing tonight that will bring a reproach unto your church and unto your home and unto your reputation tonight. Don't you want tonight know that you're consecrated and that you're a place where you're holy with God tonight? It ought to be the heart of every child of God to be right with God tonight. 
to know that God and you are in the right relationship, to know that God is holding the preeminence in your heart tonight, to know that he's the very view, he's the very opinion, he's the very sight and vision that you have for all life is just to follow him, Amen. to obey him tonight. Right. Oh, God, make us sanctified. Yes. He said not only honored and sanctified, but he said meet. That word meet means to be useful and profitable and fit tonight. Fit for what? Fit for the master's use. Amen. Fit for the master's use. Prepared unto every good work. That ought to be the heart of every child of God tonight in the house of God that I want to be tonight fit for the master's use, prepared for every good work, sanctified and honored by God because I can be cleansed and purged of my sins. There's something wrong with us tonight when we're happy in sin. There's something wrong with us tonight when we're satisfied with sin. There's something wrong with us tonight if we keep walking around and keep going to church and keep going home and going to work and friend, we're enjoying sin and, and, and liking sin and sin's part of our everyday walk and everyday life tonight. Listen, friend, you'll be like Jesus. He hated iniquity and he loved righteousness. It ought to be a reproach upon your heart tonight, every sin you ever commit. It ought to be tonight a shame in your heart, a conviction in your soul, everything you do that's contrary to God's word and against God's will. Oh, tonight help us. Tonight to purge ourselves, to cleanse ourselves. Tonight we need a dung gate. We're like the holy temple, aren't we? We preached that Sunday night. The Bible says that you're a temple of God. The Bible says that uh, Sunday night we talked about how, how we're a possession of God and we're the people of God. How can we glory tonight? How can we glory tonight of our flesh or our body tonight and spirit with God if we're not cleansed? We can't glory in that. We, we can't make ourselves beautiful or useful Tonight, we think about the scripture tonight. Notice what the spiritually looks like. Jerusalem tonight is a holy city. Would you agree with me tonight? Well, because Jerusalem's a holy city, those that are saved tonight are a holy temple. Would you agree with that tonight? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 16, for you are the temple of the living God. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 says, know you not that you are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. The word holy means separated from the world and dedicated to God. Special and like, not like the rest. Let me say that again. You know what it means tonight to be holy? And the Bible says if you're saved tonight, you're a holy temple of God that you've been separated from the world. Is that true? And dedicated to to God. You know, words, when I got saved, Brother Larry, God did all that? Yes. When you got born again, friend, in the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God, you became a temple of God. And friend, when you became a temple of God, you're no longer of yours any longer. You've been bought with a price. And now he's in you tonight, as he was in Jerusalem in Nehemiah's day, as it is today, he's in us. And he dwells in us tonight as he Tonight is the one that makes us holy. We find tonight as well in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 chapter 6, 
Verse 19, know ye not that your bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye've been bought with a price. And listen to this. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In our text tonight, in Corinthians, it's telling us tonight that we are to cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. This verse right here is telling us that we are to do the same thing because we are the temple of God. But the reason why we are to do that is to give glory. The body in God's given us tonight, that he saved us, he says that body belongs to me, but more than it belongs to me, I want your body to give glory to me. I want it to be beautiful, I want it to be clean, and I want it to be useful, amen? I want your spirit, because the spirit belongs to me as well. And I want that spirit to glorify. See, tonight I think we miss this a whole lot when we think, well, okay, we're the temple of God. We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. But we forget about why he did what he did for us tonight. It wasn't for us just to go to heaven. It wasn't for us just to have a good old life. It wasn't for us that we can have a God on earth. It was tonight that you and I would glorify him. But not with just our lips and not with just our thoughts and not with just our actions tonight, but with our body and with our spirit that he would get glory. Oh, tonight that's exactly what the city of Jerusalem was. It was a holy city that would bring glory and honor and praise unto God. And so we find tonight the dung gate was repaired so that the trash could come out. Tonight we have as well the same. For we are the, temp, the holy temple of God. This is tonight the way that you can cleanse yourselves from the filthiness of the flesh tonight and the spirit. We need a dung gate. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, the Bible says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Let me read this again. Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. The same principle tonight, the same thought as it was in Jerusalem. And God said, my name is there. My presence is there. I have put myself there. It's glory. It's beauty. It's usefulness. But now there's rubble. There's dung. There's any and everything that's done created ugliness and, and has created a place of just waste and reproach. He said, clean it up. Tonight, God says to you and I, listen, I saved you. So whatever you eat and whatever you drink, and whatsoever you do, you do for the glory of God tonight. You know what that means? I mean, I, tonight I, I would say, and I believe this with all my heart, but when you have children, they're coming here and they start running in the, in the here. I've heard, I heard you say it. I heard others say it. I've said it. Hey, don't run. This is the house of God. Right? right? And that's the right thing to do. Right. Would you all agree? So you, you, no matter where we're at in the house of God, this is the house of God. If we go outside and somebody takes them, maybe gets a, a paintbrush or maybe gets a, an aerosol can of a paint and they start painting it on the side of the wall out there, every one of y'all would say, hey, 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 you can't do that. Right. This is the house of God, 
right? Or this is this ground belongs to God, or, or these things these things are God's. And so somehow, some way, we 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 make this mindset that you can't just do whatever and whenever, however you want to, with the gods tonight. But let's think about this verse for just a moment, and let's put it in application. It says that uh, whatever you drink and whatever you eat and whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In other words, tonight it's saying if you're at church, then at church your body and your spirit is to glorify God. At church. So your body and your spirit. So we got to not only just say, I'm just going to get to the house of God. We've got to come to a conclusion say, when I get to the house of God, what I'm wearing, what I got on me, what's taking place on me, and my spirit tonight is going to have to glorify God. Amen. Because what God said. Right. Is that not what he said? That's right. Whatsoever thou doest, do to the glory of God. So if I go to church... That means I got a responsibility now that my body and my spirit will glorify Him. But hey, not only at church tonight, but how about when you go to work? And when you go to work, your body and your spirit tonight at work is to glorify God. Am I not right? That what I, what I say out of my mouth and what I do with my body and how I react and how I, I go, forth, go forth in my life, in my spirit, and how I am, my attitude, my mood, uh, my countenance, all the things we spoke of last Sunday night. Listen, friend, at work, God says, do all at work for the glory of God. Amen. How about home? Home, friend, when you get home tonight, when you get home tomorrow, friend, the Bible says when you're in your home that whatever you drink and whatever you eat and whatsoever you do, do it to the glory of God. You can't just do anything in your home that you want to do. No, sir. Friend, it's to give God the glory in your home. To give God the glory at work and at church. To give God the glory, friend, when you're doing something fun. You can't just do anything fun, but whatever you do for fun, you do it for the glory of God. How about entertainment? You can do entertainment, but whatever entertainment you do, do it for the glory of God. In other words, whatever you're doing, make sure that your body and your spirit is presenting and manifesting to God glory. That's Christianity tonight, by the way. We need a dung gate. <laughs> we got to get some things out. Fred, he's done, he's done said, oh boy. So what is he basically saying? Well, he's saying this, wherever your foot goes, the temple of God goes. Wherever, wherever your body goes, the presence of God goes. That's something. So everywhere you're at, everywhere you're going, listen, you're the holy temple of God. And the holy temple of God is representing the holy of holies tonight. That was where the the place of the presence of God, the Shekinah glory dwelled. And God said, I'm dwelling in you. And wherever your foot goes, and wherever you go tonight, and wherever you land tonight, God lands there. He said, I want glory. Uh I want glory. When you're driving down the Houston roads, I want glory. Amen. Amen. When you're in fight with your wife and fight with your husband, I want glory. 
Oh, when people are talking about you and gossiping over you and even hurting you and putting, bringing pain to your heart, what does he want? He wants glory. Hey, either we're going to be real or fake tonight. Either it's going to be right or wrong tonight. Either tonight we're going to get this dung gate built and repaired and we're going to use it. Or tonight we're going to lay in rubbish, lay in waste, and just be a reproach. I don't want to be like that, do you? I don't believe you do either tonight. Now, as Jerusalem tonight is a holy city, but I notice Jerusalem is a God city. And if you're saved tonight, then you're God's home. You're God's dwelling place. You're God's city. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, I will dwell in them and walk in them. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, the Holy Ghost, which is in you. We find in Galatians 2.20, Christ liveth in me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Tonight, can I say, not only are you a holy temple, just like Jerusalem, but tonight you are God's, God's people tonight. He indwells in you tonight. You are his home. You're his dwelling place tonight. You are where God's city is tonight, as it was for Jerusalem. That's where God's at. Can I say tonight, we need a dung gate. We need to cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the spirit and of the flesh. Thirdly, Jerusalem is God's only city. But if you're saved tonight, then you're God's only people. There's no other people in all the world tonight that God has chosen. He's chosen you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Who gave himself for us that we might be redeemed from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous unto good works. That word peculiar means God's possession people. It means God's Christ-owning people. It means spirit-selected people. That's what it means tonight. You see, tonight we're God's people. And tonight we are to show forth the glory of God in all that we do and everywhere we go because we are the temple. We are God's people. We are what God owns. We are what God dwells in. We find tonight in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Tonight, that's what we are to be doing, is taking the praises of him that God has done, taking us out of the darkness into light tonight. Our lives should move forward and go in all places and everywhere tonight. And it is that we are to be cleansed and purged so that we can bring glory and honor under our God tonight. That's why you're saved. That's why you're here tonight. Hey, if God just wanted to save you and take you to heaven, he should have done it right away. He saved every one of us and took, took the breath that we're breathing and we go to heaven as soon as we're saved. If that's what it was all about, just going to heaven. Now we talk about that all the time. I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. Now a lot of we talk about this a lot too. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. We talk about this a lot too. I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. But do you know tonight that what goes along with believing and trusting tonight is following? Right. 
You'll not find any Bible scripture tonight to tell you that all you have to do is believe and all you have to do is trust. But I can show you a bunch of scripture tonight that says you've got to follow. You've got to follow. So the thing about Christianity tonight is just not believing and trusting. It's following. Following. Being determined in your heart, being being satisfied with him, uh, being to the place where you have uh, come to a mindset that I will follow Jesus no matter what. I will be obedient unto him. I will be faithful unto him. I am in my heart a determination, a resolve. I will be that glory. What he asked me to be. It's going to take cleansing though. It's going to take cleansing and purging for those things to take place tonight. We need a dung gate. Thank God that he's given us a dung gate. I want you to notice tonight not only our cleansing, which is through the Lord, but I want you to notice secondly what's going to require. It's going to require a confessing. We find in the scripture, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, that cleansing comes from God. But we got, we got to want cleansing. But friend, when we decide that we want to be cleansed, he will cleanse us by the way of confession. He just don't cleanse us because we want cleansing. He cleanses us because we want cleansing and we confess. I notice in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So him that confesseth and forsaketh. Confesseth and forsaketh. Remember those two terms. Tonight, only mercy can be given when there's confession and forsaking. You're going to have to confess it, and then you're going to have to leave it. That's how you get the mercy of God tonight. We're talking about confession, confessing. How do we get cleansed? Well, God does the cleansing. We do the confessing. In Psalms chapter 32, verse 5, another psalm of David. He said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and he forgave us the iniquity of my sins, Selah. So what do we do? I mentioned this last Sunday, but I'll mention it to you again. This is how you put this into practice. So you go to the Lord, and it ought, to be, it ought to be a constant going to the Lord in this manner. And I pray that if you haven't been going this way, that you will begin because we need a dung gate to be repaired. And that's this, Lord, search me. Every day to, that we are to fall down before God and say, search me. Every day we are to say, God, look down into my heart, look down in my mind, in my thoughts. Lord, I ask you to know my heart know my thoughts I pray that you search me you investigate me you try me I want you to find any wicked way within me I don't want to be crossways with God I don't want to be crossways with man I I don't want to have any separation nor division between me and God I I want to be right with everyone I want to be right with God God you search me 
God, you speak to my heart. You do, and as you want to, you can do it by the way of me reading my scripture, do it by the way of me praying, by the way of preaching. You can do it by the way of somebody coming down and talking to you, telling you about you. However you choose tonight, all I care about is getting cleansed. And there's things in our lives tonight that we don't know that they're there. And we're going to need somebody, God, to let us know these things. So tonight, here's how we want to get and use our dung gate and how we build our dung gate and how we repair it tonight is that we claim the sin. When God identifies it, when God identifies, let's say, let's just use bitterness for a second. And God identifies within your heart because you pray, God, show me any sin, show me any iniquity, transgression in my life that has caused trouble, problems, difficulties. Lord, he says, okay, you got bitterness. You'll look to God and say, God, I claim that. I got it. You say, I got it? I got it. And then what we do, secondly, you take that bitterness and you run to your dung. Remember, I built my dung gate last Sunday right here. So you run to your dung gate and you carry that bitterness out the dung gate. And now once you get out of the dung gate, you're in the valley. You'll confess that sin in the valley. The fourth thing you'll do is cast that bitterness into the fire. Right? That's what they did in Jerusalem. They took up the filth. They came through the dung gate into the valley, threw it in the fire. That's what we got to do tonight to get cleansed. We got to ask God, search me, oh, search me, oh, search me, oh, search me. He says, I found something. Please tell me, God, you're angry. Thank you, Lord. I am carrying it. Dung gate. Get in the valley. I confess it and I cast it. Go back. Anything else, God? Yeah. Yeah, there's a few more things. You're, you cuss. Don't like that. Let not evil communication proceedeth out of your mouth. I'm sorry, Lord. Thank you for identifying that. I claim it. I carry it. I confess it. You're right, Lord. I do cuss. Cast it. Does that make sense tonight? Amen. This is how tonight we get to cleansing and how we use our dung gate. But when our dung, gate ain't, our dung gate ain't built or repaired tonight, there's no need to claim it. You ain't got nowhere to carry it. Right. So you know what you do? You keep it. You just harbor it into your heart, and you just add it with the rest of them, and you just keep on going, keep on going, and you wonder why there's no peace. You wonder why there's no rest. You wonder why everything's up in the air. You wonder why you're getting in arguments and fights. You wonder why your life is in a shambles, and your life is all in places of just this, that, and the other. And you guys feel like me. No, I can't get a hold of God. I can't pray. I can't read my Bible. When I come to church, it's just boring. I don't understand people over there who say, "Hey, brother Larry," then after the service, "Hey, boy, that was good, brother. You spoke to my heart," and you're over there going. I must have didn't hear what they heard because it didn't affect me one bit. And you leave out here as cold as you came in. You leave out of here as, uh, as hard as you came in. And you go out there and you wonder what's the matter with you. And all you can say is this, I'm saved. I prayed a prayer. I got baptized. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. And God said, you know what? I saved you if you are saved to give glory. And the reason why you're not giving glory is because you got sin. 
And the reason why you can't get the sin out is because you don't want to claim it. And if you claim it, then you can carry it, then you can confess it, then you can cast it. He said, then you'll have glory. You'll be beautiful. You'll be useful. And tonight, this is what we need the dung gate for. Amen? We find tonight uh, that we, without this dung gate tonight, we're just ugly. Right? Tonight, if we could take the examination of Nehemiah chapter 3 and kind of scope in on it, we'd say, boy, it's ugly. Can you imagine the walls being broken down and the gates all burned up and there's rubbish everywhere and uh, even the beast can't even walk through? I mean, it's, it's ugly. And that's what happens tonight when we don't have a dung gate in our life. It's ugly. Number two, useless. You know, you're no use to your family. You're no use to the church. You're no use to your community. You're no use to God when you've got trash, dung, filth, into your spirit and in your body. Uh, there's no, spiritually speaking tonight, you can't hit, get a hold of God. You can't bring counsel to nobody. You can't bring encouragement to anyone. You have no words to say. You walk in dead, you leave dead. I mean, there's absolutely nothing you can add to the service. There's nothing at all that you can add to unto the Lord. There's nothing that you can do. You just show up and you just leave tonight. And friend, that's what happens tonight, friend. You're useless with God. And we need people vibrant, useful. We need folks tonight to come into the house of God with a smile on their face, with joy in their heart, with a pep in their step, coming to worship, coming to serve, looking around to find somebody they can encourage. And then not only that, but on the outside, telling somebody to come on into the house of God. I mean, I was encouraged a while ago. Brother Katz said to me, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Brother Cat. He said, man, Sunday, I got four people coming to church. I mean, amen. Can you imagine all of us tonight having one person come to the church Sunday? But it's going to take us to get cleansed. It's going to take us to get purged. It's going to take us to run to our dung gate. You say, well, I got to do that all night. Do it all night every day for the next 365 days. Can you imagine, boy, you be squeaky clean with God? I mean, you, you just, when you're walking, you're just making noises because you're so clean. Oh, tonight, friend, this was, without this cleansing and purging, we become unhealthy. Unhealthy. We're going to have depression. We're going to have anxiety. Uh, we're going to have headaches. We're going to have nervousness. We're going to have worry problems. We're going to have ulcers. Uh, we're going to create cancers and create heart problems and uh, create blood pressure issues and uh, create blood uh, and normalities, and we're going to find ourselves going to the doctor more often and feeling worse and our backs are hurting and everything around us has just seemed to fall into pieces. You say, what's wrong? Oh, it's because you're dirty. you got filth in you, your spirit and your body. We need tonight to go to the dung gate, get these things cleared up. I want you to notice here secondly now, uh, notice what... This looks like not only spiritually, but biblically. Uh, in our text of, of Nehemiah chapter 3, turn there with me tonight. Nehemiah chapter 3. Look there back in verse 14. And the bottom, port of the bottom portion of that scripture says this. It says, And set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. Now, do you know why they might do that? 
Well, can I say it like this? That when you are carrying out that rubbish and you're carrying out that dirt and that filth in your heart and your life, as it was in Jerusalem of that day, they would carry it out and they walked out. That door would open to the outside, but because of the bars and the locks, you can't open it up to go to the inside. So in other words, you're not going to be able to, you know, play around there in the valley of, of Hinnon in the fire and you'll find some of your trash that you got. And say, oh, yeah, look at that, man. I'm glad that ain't burned all the way up. And go down there and pick up that piece of trash and you're going to carry it and you're going to try to get through that dung gate. You can't get in. It's bars and locks. Now, you can get in from this side, from the city side, and go out to the valley side. But you can't come on this side and go this way because there's locks and bars. What's that saying to us spiritually tonight is this. is once you get to the fire and you cast out that sin, you cast out that habit, you cast out whatever it is tonight between you and God, friend, you just remember on the backside of that dung gate, there's a lock. Right. You'll never be able to pick that back up again. Uh-huh. You'll never, ever, ever be able to go back and say, listen, I, I got forgiveness of that anger towards my, my friend. And, and I tell you what, because of that, I cannot ever pick that anger from my friend up again. Right. Amen? That's, right. That's good. Yes. Now I can't get back in here. I can't get a, I, if I go out there and do something like that, I can't get back into the city. I can't get back to where God wants me to be because that lock and that bar, you can't carry the filth back through the dung gate. And then secondly, I want you to notice, you can't have it both ways. You can't carry out tonight a, a, a maybe something tonight of a jealousy. Let's use that. You say, I got jealousy. God says, you do got jealousy. You walk out that door, that dung gate door, and you walk out. And next thing you walk back in with the jealousy. You can't have it both ways tonight. Either it's on this side or that side. It can't be on both sides. You can't say that I've got forgiveness of jealousy and then you say that I don't have forgiveness of jealousy. It don't work that way. You can't have both sides because the door has locks and bars and you can't get back in. Thirdly, I want you to notice you can't get out of the fire what you put in the fire because the fire burns it up. That's just easy to understand. If I got this hatred in my heart, God shows it to me. I claim it. I carry it. I confess it. I cast it. That hatred in my heart, friend, is in the fire now. I can't get that back because the doors have locks on them. Got bars. Thank you, Lord, for that. Well, tonight, in other words, don't bring the filth back into your life. Amen. Amen. Amen? Once you get the filth out of your life, don't bring it back into your life. Isn't that good? Yes. I got a smoking problem. Well, once you overcome that smoking problem, don't bring it back. That's not what God's will is at ever. I got, a, I got a, an anger. I got this. I got that, friend. Listen, once you get that forgiveness and cast it into that fire, uh, the doors are locked. You can't bring it back in. Keep the filth out of your life. Can I say here lastly tonight, the dung gate is to carry filth from the inside, the inside to the outside. That's what it's for. The dung gate. 
filth on the inside to the outside. The dung gate with, with locks and bars is to keep the filth from the outside to come in to the inside. Five things I see tonight in the scripture I give them to you about keeping the filth on the outside and not allowing it to come in on the inside. That's a problem too, isn't it? Not only the filth on the inside needs to get out on the outside, but we also have to understand that there's filth on the outside that can't get in on the inside. All right? Look at this. I'm going to give you five scriptures to, to show you tonight your responsibility about keeping the filth on the outside and not allowing it to come on the inside because there's gates that has locks and bars on it, the dung gate. First scripture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's taking something on the outside and abstaining from it and not bringing it on the inside. This is how we keep our heart, our spirit, and our body to the place where we can give glory unto God. Abstain. From all appearance of evil. Now tonight, that could be a person. You got to abstain from him. That could be something. It could be somewhere. Whatever it is tonight that presents to you evil, tonight the Bible says to abstain from that presence or the appearance of evil. You got to keep it on the outside. Because we know the doors have locks and bars. So it brings to me tonight about our television. What are you going to do about that? I ain't going to do nothing, brother. Okay. Well, just don't build your dung gate then because you're not going to use it. We got to do something about that. Am I right? How about our phones? I'll be honest with you tonight. I don't, I don't do the media stuff or the social media stuff. If you want to do that, it's fine. I mean, that's your business. I do get on, that, on, the, on the phone uh, to, to look through, like, if I'm going to find a place uh, that where I needed to go, like, to this, for example, uh, Peacock Chevrolet. I need to find out where Peacock Chevrolet is. So I look on Google, Peacock Chevrolet, pulls up the address. I put it in my Google Maps. Google Maps gives me to where I need to go. I use it like that. I use it if I want to find something uh, that I'm interested in. Uh, it could be Bible something. It could be Israel. It could be the war. It could be Russia. Whatever subject it is, you pull it up. You can get some information. I look for it as news, trying to figure out what's going on around the world. Because I, I want to be up to date on that kind of stuff. And I think you should be too as well. But what I've noticed is tonight, and if you notice with me, that as you're looking on your phone and you're looking at news and, you, and you're having an innocency about that, there's things that just pop up. Yes, that's true. Am I right? Mm -hmm. And while you're watching a wholesome movie or a wholesome news or a wholesome sports event and a commercial comes up and indecency comes out, how do we handle this? Do we just ignore it? 
Do we get our TVs and, and actually have a real dung gate at your house with a fire going? Take your TV and drop it off into the fire. Get your shotgun, blow it up. Is that the answer? Is that the answer for the phone? Is the answer tonight as you're going to your social medias and there's gossip going on? And you get involved with the gossip? So filth comes in so many ways and so many areas and so many opportunities tonight. We as a people of God have to be wiser. Don't have the answers for all of that, but I do have an answer tonight is that you and I have to abstain from all appearance of evil if we're going to ever be that people that God can get glory from. Tonight, I believe the, the very, the very I, I guess you'd say the, uh, the plan, the plot, the scheme, the trickery of the devil uses TV and, tele, and telephones and media and other avenues tonight to take our minds and to corrupt it. The devil has done a great job in this day of 2024. In one way, we feel like that we have achieved in such a way that electronically, uh, hey, we've been so high, so far, and we're so up up on knowledge and all these kind of things. At the same time, we are more spiritually dead and more spiritually distant than ever before. So one side we're here, and this side we're here. And boy, the church tonight is, is under an attack. I would say tonight that we would probably spend hours if we would add up our minutes on either TV or our phone. And it's processing our lives and bringing, bringing us to a place where we get desensitized to sin. Could you say tonight with me that watching TV and there's a sexual scene or a cussing scene or a murder scene or listen to the radio and there's the singing goes on. It's talking about finding a girlfriend and having these things done or running around on your wife or, or going through all that kind of stuff and going through all the narratives of those songs. And we find different scenes of people half naked uh, doing different things and, and all that kind of stuff. Have you felt tonight, and can, would you be honest tonight, that at first it was shocking, but now it's kind of just, is this part of life? It's kind of it's just where we are in society. But see, that doesn't stop us from being wrong with God because our society has become wicked. The Bible says before Jesus comes that sin wouldn't be sinful. Right. And we're finding these days, the last days, where sin is no more sinful because we are abstaining of all appearance of evil and we're not abstaining of all appearance of evil. Can I say here quickly as a... Time has got by. Let me, give you, let me give you this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which is, was against the soul. All right, let me give you another one. 1 John 5, 21. <clears throat> Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Amen. So we find abstain. We find keep. Those two words means don't let it get in here. The next one, 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee fornication. Flee. Don't let it get here. Last one, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. The word resist. Abstain, keep, resist. These are the things that God says to us. Don't let it get in. And the reason why we can't because our dung gate has doors that has locks and bars. And whatever goes out cannot come back in. Help us tonight to build our dung gate that we may bring glory unto our God with our body and with our spirit. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'll be honest with you, church, I preached to me tonight. I need help in these areas as well. It's a battle. It's a fight daily. To keep my mind, to keep my heart with God. Keep my life straight. Keep my eyes upon the Lord. I don't know if there's anybody like that here tonight as well. Boy, if you need to come pray, won't you just come pray? Just ask God tonight, would you look in my heart tonight, my soul, my mind? Would you find anything, Lord, that's wicked, ungodly? Maybe what I said, maybe what I did, maybe behaviors, maybe what I didn't do. I, I don't know. I, I just want to get this cleansing, Lord. I want to, I want to get through my, this dung gate, Lord, and I just want to begin to confess these things and cast these things out. Just get cleansed with God. Anybody like that tonight? There's a few that come. Would you come? You don't need no dung gate, do you? I need one. I need to rebuild mine tonight. God help tonight. God help. Let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of our body and of our spirit. Perfecting holiness and the fear of God. God, work on your church tonight. Work on our hearts. God, work on mine tonight. Oh, I need help. God, that I get these things that's in my life and heart that's, per that's filth and dirt, trash, attitude, spirit, moods, countenance, Smart aleck remarks, sarcasm, anger, bitterness, retaliation, arrogancy, pride. Oh God, so much. God, bring it to bring it to our mind and our heart. Oh, cleanse us. Cleanse us tonight, Lord. Help us to rebuild our, our dung gate. We may become cleansed before you be the temple of God, to be the people of God, to be that city of God. Let me pray here this evening.
for us tonight who just need this cleansing. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you, Father, that you forgive me. God, cleanse me, dear God, of every sin, of every transgression, of every iniquity. God, that I have sinned with my body, with my flesh. God, I, I want to be right with you tonight more than ever in my entire life. I ask you tonight, Lord, that you forgive me of any and every sin that I've committed, Lord, with my spirit. God, that you remove all the filth, all the stain of my spirit and on my body. Lord, if there's anything I want to do in this life, Lord, is I want to glorify God. Lord, I, I want Jesus to be magnified in my life. I recognize tonight, dear God, that in order for that to happen tonight, Lord, I'm going to have to confess and forsake. Lord, these things in order for me to find mercy. I pray tonight, Lord, that you reveal in my heart, God, that you search down deep in my soul. I pray, God, that you look on my mind and look in my imaginations of my heart tonight. God, even the secret sin, the things tonight, God, that I don't even know. I pray, God, that you'd bring it to my attention. God, let me see me tonight. I know it may be ugly. I may I know it may be disturbing. But God, tonight I really, truly, Father, as I pray tonight, I'm praying for me and I'm praying for others that you would, God, just show us, manifest, God, that we might claim it tonight and carry it down to the dung gate, Lord, and confess it before our Father, forsake it there by casting it into the fire and never bringing it back. May we find victory tonight. God, may we become overcomers. God, may we find success with our God and with forgiveness of the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for your cleansing tonight, God. Thank you for your purging. Thank you, Lord. Your word is true and real. And God, you even tell us tonight, Lord, to sanctify us. And the Bible says you'll sanctify us by your word. The Bible tells us, Lord, that you'll wash us with the word of God. God, wash us tonight. God, we may leave out of here right with God and right with man. Thank you for the privilege we have tonight of a dung gate. What a most important gate we have in our lives. God, may we rebuild it, repair it, and put it to use in our lives. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. And amen.
test I never